0: Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie DiPolo. I'm the Senior Editor at BreastCancer.org. Welcome to our latest podcast. I'm very, very thrilled and excited to have our guest with us today. Her name is Pamela Postferrante. You may know her. She is a cancer survivor, a writer, a teacher, and a workshop leader. She has taught in Leslie University's Graduate School of Expressive Therapies from 2003 to 2011 and leads sessions privately and in Boston area hospitals. For cancer Survivors. She's been published in several books, magazines, journals, and you may have heard her on NPR where she's been interviewed. She wrote her book, Writing and Healing, A Mindful Guide for Cancer Survivors to Help Others. Pamela, welcome. It's so nice to have you here with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. So your book is, and, and its quest to help people is what we're gonna focus on today. But to start with, I'm wondering if you could just give us a, a brief history of, of your experiences with breast cancer, because you're a multiple, multiple diagnosis survivor, which is wonderful, but it's also not that common.
1: Yes, um, I actually had no family history of breast cancer. So um, in my 40s, my mid-40s, when I received a call that there was something suspicious on my mammogram, I was really uh, stunned. Uh, and then I went on to have uh, wide excision surgery and then uh, radiation after that. And I thought, well, okay, that's, that's over. And then on my first mammogram, uh, check-up mammogram. Okay. It happened again in the other breast, so I, I had that. And then I ended up, in the course of five years, I ended up having eight surgeries. And the final two were, uh, final four were mastectomies and reconstructions. So it totally changed my life. Um, and also my marriage uh, didn't survive it, and I lost my, my home. So I was uh, a very different Person, I also lost my community, and there was just no going back to who I was. Mm -hmm. After
0: all of that, I I can only imagine that that's so. You you your whole world was turned upside down, basically.
1: Yes that that's
0: that's what happened. And now, were you writing all along this whole time? Um, Give us a little bit of your history as a writer.
1: My history as a writer is actually, um, it, it's very interesting. Writing and teaching
0: writing
1: weave in and out of my story. Um, I had first taught writing, used therapeutic writing, the very same um, prompts that I use with my cancer survivors I'd used with children who had uh, emotional issues. Uh, I did them on a one-to-one for a long time, and that's where I developed my prompts. Uh, and I suspect that's where I also developed my need to write. Um, and so when I when I had a little time, I began to write short stories. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, what I noticed was when I wrote through a character, I had a, a young girl that I decided to, to write about. When I wrote about her, it was years later that I found out that actually she was writing about my life. She was the vehicle for my early life, which I had no memory of. Um, some of it having to do with um, my mother's illness and leading me with different grandmothers through most of my first years. But the little girl knew, um, and then I, I realized. I asked my mother, and then I realized it was all true. And i thought my heavens just beneath the surface of my thinking mind there is this amazing ability to create something that will actually be healing and it was very healing for me
0: wow that that is powerful so all those all those memories were there you just couldn't access them until you in a sense used a different voice yes and, and now, I, I speaking of voices, I also wonder, um, you talk about in your book how you feel that cancer has a voice, and did that voice, when you were being diagnosed and treated those multiple times, did that kind of overwhelm you? Did your voice get drowned out because of the cancer?
1: It was... Um... Essentially, like after when I was diagnosed the third time, I, I began to become quiet in, in my life. And there were a lot of other things happening too. But the fourth time, I specifically remember coming home and being in bed, and I was mute. I, I couldn't write. I didn't want to talk except for asking for maybe a glass of water. I just had two more huge surgeries um and went back into the hospital a couple of times for that that particular uh, sur- surgery and I thought I'm, I'm never going to be uh, me me again I'm never going to be able to talk again I really felt that way and then I just decided to push myself and I, I did an exercise that I I give I was giving to um, the children I was working with which was to just take a first line, open a book, and point my finger at a line and began a story there. And if I was really brave, I could find an ending line. But I'd write for about five minutes, and that broke the silence. Again, writing about something that had nothing to do with me and using creativity.
0: Very, very interesting. Now, I know you've also said that your body was cured. After you went through breast cancer treatment, but you needed to sort of heal yourself emotionally or your your spirit, and I'm wondering, did this, did the healing of your your yourself, your your inner being, and your ability to start to write again, were, were those were tied together? It sounds like they were.
1: Um, yes, and of course, it was a, a longer process than that moment in that bed, in sure. the
0: room where
1: I was. Uh, fa- facing silence for my for myself. Uh, what I, what happened was I uh, I, I had many graces uh, in my life, and I was able to move, find an apartment, have my children for the summer, um, and then find another place to live. So I had that stability and. I went into a graduate program, an advanced graduate program, uh, in expressive therapies, and I began the sessions of, to create the sessions of the book. And I knew writing was healing, or the kind I used with expressive writing from prompts, but I wasn't, I wanted it to be more than that, so I I put in everything I knew to be healing uh, into the sessions. the healing themes, that was important, there are 12 sessions, mm-hmm. and I wanted to put in healing themes so that when people were writing, they were writing in that context, and in that way you avoid getting stuck in negativity and fear and uh, self-pity, which are all normal states of mind mm-hmm. for for cancer survivors at times but their attitudes you don't want to solidify by writing them over and over. So that was really important. Um, and I created guided meditations and put in mindfulness in the sense that I taught people how to follow the breath within the meditations. And there's a CD um, of the meditations that comes with the book. So that was very important. Um, and the theme... Was in the med of of the session was in the meditation too. Like the first uh, the first med the first uh, session is self care, and that I run six together. In the last of those, the first session I'm sorry is safe place, and the last of those sessions is self care. And we, we we do the sessions in between that help us follow the breath that help us find our voice. And then the next six sessions, I usually do a little break of a month. The next six sessions, um, they begin with inner healer and they end with writing uh, and gathering in gratitude. So I put a lot of thought into what the topics of the sessions were so that they would be healing. So you have writing, which is healing. You have sharing, which is healing. Mm -hmm. Um, Listening is very healing. We have to learn to listen because usually when someone's talking, we're thinking about what we want to say next. So we learn to listen to someone's words, and and we even call it witnessing because there is something uh, almost holy about it.
0: Okay, I, I just to explain to the listeners, um, we kind of jumped into this both feet. When you talk about expressive writing and you talk about writing with prompts, could you just explain how, like, what makes expressive writing different from any other type of writing, and how one would write with a prompt?
1: Yes, that's right. We did. We did jump <laughs> over
0: that. <laughs> um,
1: well, that was the early work that I that I did with. Um, middle school boys on a one-to-one, uh, they're probably the most reluctant population to do, to do anything talk, right? <laughs> um, but I would give them, as an example, I would give them uh, a magazine, uh, something I'd cut out from a magazine, and I'd put it on a card, and I'd say, here's the picture, uh, and you're the reporter, and write the story that goes with this picture.
0: Okay, and it could and be I, a picture of anything.
1: Well, you know,
0: I, I would have a picture that that might
1: be interesting, like a deep sea diver, or um, a, a picture of. So usually, I use Time Magazine or, okay. or Newsweek or something like
0: that. Okay, so something that they would be interested in with a yeah a person sure. in it and a, yeah and,
1: a, and and something going on.
0: Okay, and they write whatever they thought it
1: might be. Um, And also they take objects from baskets, and and, um, here I practice a little mindfulness. I'd have them spend about five minutes looking at the object, say it was a pine cone, and um, looking at it and and using all their senses. How did it feel? Did it smell like anything? I always advise them not to taste it, but (laughs) um, what would it sound like, you know, if you... uh, if it, had, if it had a voice, if it had a sound. Things like that were very non-threatening. And, and those are the prompts that I basically began my sessions with. I wrote everything else around using a prompt to take away um, the fear of the blank page, to encourage creativity, which is healing in itself, um, and to make it fun because creating is fun and writing these stories are fun and that is the way people develop their voices but they also wrote about things they could get under their uh, mind that was worried about things making lists about things and the meditation helped this too but they could go under that that mind to a deeper, a deeper self who, who might carry feelings. Um, and I, I want to say that it was interesting that no one wrote, ever wrote about something they weren't comfortable with. See, this was sort of giving the power mm-hmm. to the, the, the person who was writing. So there were never any times when people were uh, triggered or upset um, by, by something that they had written.
0: Okay, because, because they were in control. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, if you could talk a little bit about expressive writing, like what, what does that mean? If, if somebody um, had your book in front of them and were trying to write from these prompts that you uh, supply in the book, what what would you call expressive writing or how would you describe it?
1: Well, expressive writing is um, more like it's creative writing is really what, the way I, I describe it or the way I use it um, in, in my sessions. And it's not, I'm not asking a question like how are you feeling today or tell me uh, if you're hurting or anything like that. I'm giving someone something outside of themselves and they're writing a little story. And I tend to to want them to be short, about five minutes. And um, stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And this expressive writing has a beginning, middle, and an end. And so it comes full circle And interestingly enough, mandalas are very healing, and they are circles.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm curious, too, about the the meditation aspect of it, Um, whether it's, you know, middle school age boys or whether it's people who've been diagnosed with cancer. At least in my experience, most people have had to write at some point in their life in school. Not everyone has had to meditate or has made the time to to be mindful and to to think in that way um does anybody ever balk or is hesitant about that part of your um your workshop or your healing process no because um it's we don't really
1: think about it as learning to meditate Um, the breath is written into all of the meditations that I have. So people sit and, um, the breath breathe in, breathe out, just flows into the meditation. And sometimes that, that phrase will be repeated, um, 11 times or I, and I, I thought I just wanted to read to you, uh, a part of one of the meditations to give you an idea. This is on um, self-care, and it's using starlight. I, I have a theme of nature in each meditation. And it says, breathe in starlight and remember the importance of making time for yourself to rest and be creative. If there are clouds in your starlit night, breathe them away as you breathe out overwork, as you breathe out perfectionism, as you breathe out exhaustion, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in the gift of this time you have for you, here and now. So that's the way it is introduced. Um, okay. The breath is introduced, and, and I'll do that in a, a much slower so that it takes on its own rhythm. The meditation, sure. So and that that's how you um, that's how mindfulness comes into it and. After a meditation, we do the writing exercises, so people will go to um, a deeper level and write about things that they weren't thinking about in their daily
0: uh,
1: surface mind.
0: Okay, that that makes a lot of sense, and that's very interesting, too, because I, I'm i just judging by some of the people I know if I said, well, this it's a, it's a very healing program, and, and you have to meditate, and they would say oh I don't know but the way you introduce it and the way it's all woven together it's it makes very good sense and it's it's almost um it's kind of sneaking it in there in a way that it doesn't really seem like a meditation it's more like a focus on yourself before you begin to write that's right
1: and and so that's and that's the way it began and I don't even think I began to think about uh putting meditation in uh, when I started these sessions, it just happened, and then I realized what I was doing, and I in- increased it. And also, I want to say, I, I didn't meditate with the boys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> out, out the room, they would um, But And I didn't have time with them to, to do the guided meditations. My sessions
0: often last about two hours. Okay, okay. And each chapter in your book is one session is that correct that's right okay and you said um, it people like it would take about six months to go through all the sessions or people can sort of do this at their own pace do you have a recommended um, uh, pacing I guess for the for doing the sessions
1: well what I use seemed to work best for people and when, when I work in hospitals they they're on this format too Um, We do one session a week for six weeks, and a session is two hours. Um, And then then I offer in-between session exercises if people want to do them. They don't have to. Um, And you can also use the book on your own. It has a meditation CD. And so people, I say that's fine, but at least find a writing buddy so you have someone to share your writing with because that helps Strengthen the voice, and um, it's very important to have uh, someone who you're doing the writing, uh, sharing the writing with.
0: Yeah, hopefully someone
1: who's also doing the sessions.
0: Sure, I could see that. I'm also wondering: um, Do you know if anyone, like say they're they're very isolated, or maybe it would be hard to find someone who was a writing buddy? Um, do you know of anybody who's using this and perhaps blogging their writing and then sort of sharing? um they're writing that way or is that not appropriate?
1: Well um, I, you know, there, there'll be all sorts of ways that people probably can uh, I've never thought of a way to use this online because of the therapeutic aspect and the privacy aspect okay but um, it's it's possible
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: sure it's possible to blog something but I would think it would be be easy to find someone you can just you can put a, um, a, a note up in a hospital or, or maybe, I don't know if you have a place on, on your website where people can communicate. Yes, weekly. we have discussion it, boards, yes. Yeah, so that, that would be a good place. I'm looking for someone to um, be my writing buddy or or it's also a good way
0: to form a group. Definitely, definitely. Is that the way most people that you know of use the book is in a group or is it really more um, just a couple people together?
1: Um, I know more about the groups because I've, I've led, led many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect I don't know as much about people who are, are leading them, uh, or who are doing them on their own. Uh, I'd like to know more about that. That really interests me. But the, the reason I wrote the book was I couldn 't be everywhere to do the sessions, mm-hmm. uh, and also I was hospitals were not wanting to pay me to do uh, anything and, and i didn't, i wasn 't charging much, so I realized the times are coming when it would be nice to have something out there where people could form groups themselves mm-hmm. or at least have a writing buddy for no more than the cost of the book and also uh, health professionals are using this, I know at mass general they. Are, um, they have five books, and two groups are, are up and running in their cancer uh, center.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Wow. Yeah,
1: so for health professionals are, are interested in, in this as well.
0: I, I'm curious, too. I, I know you've led many groups using this whole um, this, this series of exercises. Is it possible that you could give us some examples of how you've seen people heal, through the sessions or, or just good things that you've seen happen during the sessions?
1: Um, yes, yeah, so I, I, at the actually at the end of, of each session, I asked people to write about uh, something, uh, so, something that was meaningful to them or how the book helped or how, uh, that sort of thing. Actually, I don't have any of those quotes in front of me, but, but I do know that um, people became more solid after uh, having written and shared. And one woman, I remember she said uh, she became, uh, had this feeling she wasn't sure what it was, um, and then she realized it was happiness, and I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. Oh, wow. And, oh, and there was one one woman in, uh, I led the group, I also have led the group for, uh, uh, Healing professionals. I, I led the book for uh, nurses at Children's Hospital, oncology nurses, and one of them wrote at, at the end that uh, when she was in the sessions and doing the writing and the meditation, her back pain spasm went away, and that I should think of charging her a general. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you know they're probably. Um, a lot of people who well, and people have gone on to write too. That's something that's very interesting. Someone has just uh, written a memoir about their childhood. Someone else uh, published a book of uh, poetry, um, and there are lots of ways people take it into their life. I think probably the what I would say most of all is that it makes people stronger. Um, There's a way that they, because cancer sort of tears you down and uh, it does make people stronger uh, to have expressed their feelings, to have expressed their feelings through something Mm -hmm. and to have everything safe, to have every, no one's criticizing, everything is safe and your voice gets stronger and you get stronger and you feel better about yourself and, um, and someone else wrote, "The more I write, the lighter I feel. Um, the heaviness of my history falls from my shoulders one by one. I actually memorized that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good one. And I, because I'm assuming, too, most people that go through the sessions aren't writers to begin with. I mean, obviously they may have written, but they're not that's not their job. they They do other things. And so it's to me, it's quite amazing that people connect with themselves in that way and then feel so empowered that they continue to do it, whether it's to write poetry or a memoir or whatever they want to do, Mm -hmm. or even start a blog. Um, That's, that's a powerful thing. And to me, it seems like that would then keep that healing process going because they're continuing to be creative and continuing to write. Absolutely.
1: Um, It, and it's true, true for the other things in the session, too. When I'm leading the groups, I feel really good. And when I have a break or I get into um, doing publicity, it kind of drifts away. So you one has to kind of keep it up. But at least you know it's there. You mm-hmm. know the opportunity is there. Um, and I, I, just, I just found um, a response that someone sent to me after she read the, uh, my blog, breastcancer.org and I hadn't seen her for a while. She said I just read the blog I'm so moved by it. It reminded me of all the levels on which our group bonded and how the sessions helped to heal me emotionally and spiritually. Your words really spoke to me as I continued to heal from this surgery and she had told me she had had surgery for something totally unrelated to cancer Mm -hmm. and reflect upon all the procedures of the past. So It stays with people.
0: That's, yes. And that, it kind of reminds me of another point that I thought about your book is that it's so richly layered that it seems almost timeless. And I'm thinking that somebody could go through these sessions and then almost immediately turn around and do them all again because they would be in a different place. um, They would have different thoughts and they would still, they would get a whole new... Uh, set of meanings from it have you heard of people doing that do people do these more than once do they is it something they continue to do
1: well I can speak to my own experience with leading the groups Um, I had one group and somebody dropped out and somebody came in but basically the same groups that uh, we did it four times, not necessarily consecutively, but we might have a year that we didn't, and then they'd call me, and I'd say, okay. The interesting thing, and you you put your finger on it, um, is that given a prompt, today you'll write one thing. Given it tomorrow or the next day, you'll write something else. So you're really writing about what's in you
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that you could do it. I mean, I think it would be wonderful to, um, to, to be constantly doing <laughs> them, <laughs> uh, But that's, and then that, who knows, that might be possible.
0: Sure. Now, I'm also wondering, too, um, the way the book is set up, it, it, it is aimed at, at cancer survivors, but to me it almost feels like it could be useful to anyone who's gone through some sort of traumatic life event whether perhaps it's the loss of, of a spouse or a significant other a child um, a, a loss of a, a job a move um, anything like that have you heard about people other than cancer survivors using using the, the sessions in the book in the process
1: well uh, as I said I did I did leave them for for um... Uh, caretakers. I think that's an incredibly stressful job. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the book is about healing. It's not about illness. So you're absolutely right. Um, it could be used for anything. And, and that actually was pointed out to me before I published the book. And I, I realized that I I had created it for cancer survivors. And that's where it was going to stay because I was afraid if I put for anyone who's gone through something hard or in times of trouble that I wouldn't reach cancer survivors. Oh, so, I see. Okay. So that's, um, uh, that's the reason I kept it, uh, for, uh,
0: the population that I really am one of and, and care deeply about. Sure. Sure. That, that makes absolute sense. Um, I'm curious too, if, if there's someone who's listening to us right now, um, perhaps someone who's been to our site, a, a breast cancer survivor, who hasn't really written very much and might be a little bit hesitant to start. Perhaps they've seen the book. Would you, What sort of pointers would you give to that person to, to get started to help her find her voice and, and I guess, not be afraid of her voice, of, of what she might find? Because I'm assuming some people might be a little bit scared of that, of what they find below the surface.
1: Hmm. Well, nothing has – as I said before, um, you write – what you're ready to hear or, or to know when you're writing this way. Um, you write what you're ready to, to experience, uh, you say it aloud to the group. But to answer your question you know, in a more general way, um, the book was created totally for people who had not written, Okay. And, and hence the prompts okay. um, and the, the sort of the fun that comes in writing from a cartoon card or um, writing from uh, an unfinished sentence I mean there's a bit of joy and creativity that comes in this way and that's probably as, as important as anything um, I think people realize might realize some things from their past But in a a group setting, there is this great joy of coming together in community. Um, There is never anything critical said about a writing. If anything is said, mainly it's witnessing. If anything is said, it's simply, oh, that was a wonderful image, or maybe you you could write about that more, or just something like that. But Mm -hmm. basically it's silence. So there's there's no worry uh, about other people. Uh, commenting on your writing. And I've never had anybody who hasn't um, ended up writing really beautifully because they're writing from a deep, safe place. The, The first session is safe place, and it's both within you that you find, and it's also within the rooms that people come to for the sessions. And I actually have... Uh, something that, that I that I read every time or that someone who leads it would read, saying that whatever you hear in this room you know stays here okay. in this room. So that there is this great confidentiality and there all it always ends up being great kind of love between the people who are doing this
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sharing. Um, so it's I think if you haven't written at all, it's just
0: fine, okay. Okay, well, that it sounds amazing. Again, if you're uh, just sort of listening, we're talking to Pamela Postvarante. Her book is called "Writing and Healing: A Mindful Guide for Cancer Survivors," and we're so delighted that she came today to be on our podcast and share some of her her wisdom and her healing guidance with us. Um, Pamela, is there anything you'd like to to close out with before we say goodbye?
1: Um. Well, th- I want to
0: thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, for, you
1: for these interesting questions and and being so insightful about the work and and just to say that it is multi layered, but the book is very clear, and also the book has been designed with pictures of nature, and that credit goes to the designer. And there's a lot of sort of space in the book. And someone said to me once, just Opening the book, I let out a breath of stress mm-hmm. and um, just looking looking through the book. So, and that goes to my designer. Um, and I hope people will give it a try.
0: Sure, it was so. Just opening the book was calming. For some people, yes, yes, just opening it. That's that's pretty amazing because calming to me anyway is almost the first step toward healing. So mm-hmm. people begin okay. healing just by opening the book. I can't think of a more um, positive and amazing endorsement for this process that you've created. That's that's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Pamela Post Thank you so much for joining us today.